Basic Chemistry by Harlow Lane, a BBW romance. The Big Bang isn't just a theory. I felt it the moment I laid eyes on her. Her ruby red lips and lush curves called to me on a primal level, and I instantly knew I would do anything for her to be mine. And then she walked into my college AP chemistry class and introduced herself as the teacher. Never one to back down from a challenge, I decided to get creative. Looks like I'm going to need some extra tutoring after class. Now it's just a waiting game on how long it will take to get her out from behind the desk and into my bed. That's Basic Chemistry by Harlow Lane. It's a BBW romance and it's out today. Grab it now. Welcome back to another week here at Read Me Romance. Hi, welcome back with us. You've got Leah and Mel, also known as Alexa Riley here with you. And we're super excited because this week we have Matilda Martell and she brought us the book called Blindsided. So we'll tell you all about her good stuff in just a little bit. But um, before we're going to talk, this is our our usual get down. We uh, hang out, chit chat a little bit, then we'll tell you about the author and then we'll play the book. So if this is your first time with us. Welcome. We're so happy to pop your cherry. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of things just right off the bat I want to get into. Let's talk okay. about OnlyFans. Oh, I'm so mad. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's so fucked up. Like, I was mad when I read that shit. Mm -hmm. Like, mad. Yeah. I don't even, I only have, I have a fan, only, I always say if it fans only or OnlyFans. OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. I have an account because I wanted to see somebody that was a reality star. Mm -hmm. And then I never canceled it because it was like a mom trying to make it. Yeah. And yeah. then nobody even went on there. And I was like, I couldn't bring myself to cancel it. I'm like, fuck mm -hmm. it. She's out there working or doing her shit. I'm going to leave it on there. <laughs> and yeah. now I just feel bad for all these women who have this safe space. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's being taken away. I'm like. <sighs> this is what kills me is that like. Pornhub is allowed to exist for free that you can go click on anytime. Yeah. And people post up like revenge porn and shit on there. Yeah. You know, like they'll film themselves with their girl having sex and they'll post it on there to get back at her. And they consider that like revenge porn. And it's like there's shit like that that exists and it's been around forever. But there's a site that has this where it is a safe place for women for sex workers and men, so, you know, sex workers in general, to have a safe place to do this, to make an income. And, yes, there's people out there who who make a fuck ton of money. I was reading this article yesterday about a husband and wife who make over $500,000 a month. Woo! And she doesn't even get naked. It's just, like, sexy pictures and stuff. Like, they both quit their jobs, and they do OnlyFans full-time. That's amazing yeah and she's like a, i think she only posts like maybe once a day or something like it's I, insane i don't get i it sucks it sucks i feel like there's people yeah. out there doing their hustle and it's not mm -hmm. bothering anybody yeah so what does it matter but it's not even the company it's visa and all them and paypal yeah. and mm -hmm. you know who controls the money controls 
yep. everything. That's At the exactly end of the day, it doesn't it. matter if you start your own business. Mm -hmm. It's still not your own business. No, nope. <laughs> people don't really like it. Mm -hmm. The big, big people don't really like it. You know, that's. In, but the other thing is, is like they're limiting sexual content. They're not necessarily taking it all away. Like, you know, there's some very specific fetishes, like foot fetish. Like that stuff will still be on there as long as there's probably not like, you know, foot masturbation, stuff like that. Like those kind of things I'm sure won't be allowed. But who cares? Like I, I just want like who the fuck cares? I didn't even really think about the website really, honestly, yeah. for it to even yeah. bother me. I don't understand. No. I mean, I, I just feel like, like we're going after people that don't need to be gone after. Yeah. Just yeah. leave them alone. Leave people alone. <laughs> well, and I think about it too, like it's a subscription service. It's not like your kid's just going to Google it and yeah. get nope. into it and see this shit like they can do with Pornhub. Like, yep. real, like honestly, it's You have to pay, there. put in credit card information to be able to see anything to on somebody. Yeah. All you can see is like a little profile picture. That's all you're getting. So that's also a very valid point. I just can't imagine the sinking billing that went out across the board yeah. to all yeah. these people who do this for a living. You know, mm -hmm. it's like nobody even considers that all these people just kind of got laid off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, part of it too is like, it's just, it makes me upset because I think about people who are sex workers, the way that they are so vulnerable mm -hmm. and unprotected in our society. And some yeah. people might, uh, might say, you know, and, and I've, you know, heard these things before that, you know, it's the risk you take in this job. You know, that's to an extent that's true, but also, you know, there's, there's a lot of risky jobs and usually there's a lot more insurance and shit that covers it. Like these, these sex workers don't have that, you know, they take their lives in their own hands when, you know, if they decide to sleep with someone, if they give someone an opportunity, you know, that kind of thing, like, you know, you never know if you're going to come home after some of those encounters. So it's like, you know, and, and we as a society do nothing to protect them. Like it's not regulated. I mean, you can look at other countries that, that allow this where they've done these things, where they've done like, where you can get health care through that. There's um, licenses you have to get, you know, there's things that are sort of in place for that. And it's not here. And it's something that's so just it's so frowned upon and so shaming. And I just think like, if you want to use your body to make money, who the fuck am I to tell you not to? You know, like if you want to go take your clothes off in a strip club, go for it. Like if you want to have sex with someone for money, they're paying for it. It is a transaction. Let it happen. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know. I just wish there was more protection. Sometimes I waver on what should happen, what shouldn't happen. But yeah. more than anything, I just want people to be protected. Yeah. And whatever needs to happen for that to take place is what yeah. I would like. Whatever is the safest for individuals is what I want. Yeah. And it, just and it seemed like that like, was a really safe place. Exactly. It seemed like that was a safe place for them to go on and do this. And, you know, whether they want to like film themselves having sex or they just want to get on there and talk, you know, not everybody does that. And I think that's why OnlyFans gets a bad rap. I mean, of course people go and do those things and, and show boobs or whatever it is, but like, who cares? Yeah. But you know, there's, there's also Patreon 
which is one that I've sort of assumed was like a diet only fans for like 10 years now. Like Patreon's been around forever. Is there sexy stuff on there? Yeah, yeah, because there's there's an, a cover model or a, well, she's a model, Ruby Rocks. We've mm-hmm. used her several times on our book covers. She has a Patreon and she's had it for years, like even before we started writing. So it's probably been 10 years she's had this Patreon. You can go on there and like she'll post a picture on Instagram of her in like lingerie and she'll say like to get the full session, go to Patreon. And it's like my it, whatever. It's like tiered, like your your introductory tier gets you this many photos yeah. or like you can get the full month access and it gets you all of her catalog, like all that and then Patreon members get like, they get um, calendars and stuff. Like, you know, you get a lot, there's like perks and stuff with being with it. And it's like a monthly subscription, just like OnlyFans. But there's legitimate business people who also use Patreon. I know Katie Roberts is a big proponent of Patreon. She will post up, usually she'll post her books early on Patreon. So like, if you want to read something and she's got it finished, she'll post it on there like a week before. Mm -hmm. And that money goes directly to her. So she doesn't have to like pay a distributor. So like it is kind of smart to do it that way because if you have really loyal fans that want to do that, it's a monthly subscription where they can buy your books. And I'm, I'm sure Patreon takes a percentage, but it can't be, it can't be as much as other places do. So I, I don't know, but yeah, I think it's a really great idea if you're trying to like get as much of your money as you can, you know, I before you release it. Cause I mean, places like, you know, Amazon and, and Apple and stuff like they're, you know, what is it like 30% is like the least amount you can get them to take from your book sales. Yeah. So I, don't know. I think it just got too popular. It got too big. Yeah. Because like you said, Patreon's been around and it was very easy to use. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes when I clicked into it, I got confused if I was actually on Twitter Mm -hmm. or I was actually on their website. I actually, until I started digging in after this all came out to figure Mm -hmm. out where it came from, I thought that they were connected in some way. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's how much their interface worked together. When you clicked into it, I felt like I was just in another kind of Twitterverse. Yeah. So, With like the newsfeed and stuff on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how it looked and logged in. Like, it, I really thought that the companies were brothers or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess not because I started digging in, trying to figure out why the funding got pulled and things had to change and stuff like that. Because I'm nosy. It was like that. You remember with Tumblr when that happened? Like, you know, and Tumblr's just gone basically now. I mean, I'm sure you can still download the app, but the app was like that. Like, it had nothing but sex and stuff on it. Like, that was like the whole thing. I think theirs had shit to do with child porn, which I don't think OnlyFans is having that problem. Are they? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Tumblr was like, it was kind of like TikTok in the beginning where it wasn't regulated. Where it, I think it was like outside the U.S. and it was mm-hmm. just a free for all, and yeah. that's how TikTok was in the beginning. That was the major reason why I didn't want to download it because there was just it was just fucking everybody go in. That's and what I heard. Nuts. I remember hearing that about Snapchat before everything went down with Snapchat. Like oh, even yeah. before the president uh-huh. was like, "We're going to ban Snapchat," I had yeah. actually heard that a lot of other countries already had. They were like 
don't have Snapchat yeah. on your phone. You cannot have it on your phone. They access everything, everything. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. really? Yeah. I started looking into it. I'm like, it's true. <laughs> no, I'm not important. They don't care. <laughs> yeah, but I don't like, think uh, they have anything to listen to. But it was crazy, the shit they looked into. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. this crap is nuts. Well, I think that's kind of what happened, like, you know, how TikTok got bought out and then it became an American thing or whatever, and then it got regulated. I think that was sort of the same thing with Tumblr. When it was passed over or whatnot, it got regulated and everything got shut down on it. And I wondered if that was sort of the same thing that was happening to OnlyFans, but it doesn't seem like that. It seems like they're just, like you say, the Visa, the PayPal. Yeah, like all, all the, people, the bankings are saying yeah. they're going to pull out. I don't get what it. Tumblr I don't... doesn't do. <laughs> I'm like, what? They're all like, yeah, the people don't really have any choice, so they're going to lose. I just their don't funding. know why. Like, my thing is, is like, is it not making them money? Because I would assume if a company is making millions of dollars off something, what do they care? A company like that. But yeah, like, I, I think you're right, though, in an aspect of like, it got too big to where now, like, they sort of don't want their name associated with it because that's what it, it's a joke. I didn't even think about Visa and PayPal when I was there. I only thought no. about Twitter. So. <laughs> You're just like, I just want to see some tits. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's something I'm missing or whatever. I don't know. I don't get it. I'm confused yeah. by it. From what I'm digging, I couldn't find anything that was weird, like with Tumblr or Snapchat yeah. or any yeah. of that stuff. Everything seemed very clean. To me. You're right. And that's the thing. Like, what are we missing? What What is the thing that we're missing on it? Because, because you're right. It feels like something's happening, you know? I don't know. The only thing that I can think that I've seen people joke with was the fact that they're like, oh, now people are going to be able, now people, those, they're going to be able to find people to do those jobs that weren't doing them anymore. Uh, the, like the waiters and wait, like the restaurant yeah. workers and stuff. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen that, but I don't know if yeah. that's really related or not, but I can't figure out the real reason. And I dug around a little bit a few times. Yeah. We know like the Patreon thing. I remember Abby Knox saying that they, there's an ASMR um, that she subscribes to a Patreon on there. And it was the guy who I know she's, I know I've talked about it before and I said his name. I cannot remember now that I'm like saying it, but he just does like voice. Like he doesn't show his face or anything. He just goes on there and it's like, you can play these video or these like sound things where he's tell he's talking you to sleep where he's like, you've had a hard day. Lay down. You're a good girl. Like all this shit. And it's like, but it's not even like sex it's just i mean there are like ones where i think where he jerks off but whatever but he's got like this really beautiful voice and she was like it's some of them are like really encouraging where it's like today's the day like you can do this and i'm like i like that is it's so harmless like you know the shit like that that's on patreon but i don't know i just think like just let people have their things just let them have their things. I don't get it. I'm curious. I just think that, you know, when you pull one down, another one pops up. Yeah, that's true. What else is going to come next from this? What, what, what think, college kid is already building this next one? Are we, is our perspective skewed because we're in the romance world? Why do you say that? I don't know. I wonder, like, are we... Are we not more prudish because we're because we're more immersed in sex? Maybe oh. I, don't, I don't even know that I'm more immersed in sex than the average housewife. I don't know. I mean, that's a good question. Like, 
Are we sensitive to something like this? Because we're maybe we're more, I don't know, maybe we're more aware of sex workers and their risks. I don't know. That might be a good question. I maybe we are. If we're being ridiculous, tell us. <laughs> Write us an well, email. I'm probably an immersed in it too. Like sex is not a taboo thing to talk about to me. Like yeah, it's not yeah. embarrassing. Mm-hmm. It's not, but it's been that way in my household too. Growing up, my parents yeah. will say stuff. It's just always an open mm-hmm. book thing. It's not shameful. So mm-hmm. maybe I am. Maybe we're just desensitized to it. But I, I do feel like there's so much free access to it. Why are we shitting on this one thing? You know, like it's not doing anybody any harm. But I don't know. We don't have to spend the whole episode talking okay. about it. But I do. I did feel like it was an important discussion. I wanted to ask you, did you do anything for your birthday? Did you do anything special? Did you eat anything good? Not really. I wasn't hungry. I actually lost a few pounds. I think I got. Fuck off. No, I Get got like a. Here. I got a UTI. Is that what it's called? The oh, UTI. Yeah, yeah. And I had to go on an antibiotic. And I just didn't feel good for like four or five days. Today, still, I'm even a little bit tired. Oh. So I've been down. I wasn't super hungry. or, But I also haven't done anything. I remember one of your like favorite things that I used to love when you would get excited about making bean dip. I used to, I used to live for the days when you would eat bean dip. Because you would talk it up for like days mel days because it's, it's, it's terrible so it's, it's not so even bean bad. dip it's no. a lie there's like the smallest layer of it's beans refried beans it's like a little skim coat of refried beans in a bowl and then it's sour cream tons of sour cream on top and you would get so you're like it's bean dip day bean dip day like you would just count down until you could eat it it was so fun and it always made me so happy i'm like she's gonna have I so haven't like, had that in a while. I know. I was thinking she should do that for her birthday. That might make her feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably, we were supposed to go to a dinner or something. I was supposed to go to Texas. Yeah. Too, yeah. Which I canceled, which I'm glad I did because I didn't realize I was as sick as I was until like the day of actually that mm-hmm. I canceled the day before. But since I was going to Texas, they were offering like free and can- clear cancellations. Oh, yeah. That's good. They're <laughs> like, you don't want to go, baby girl. Just stay home. <laughs> so I just canceled it. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. You know what? Like, you're old now, so it is what it is. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I think there's an email in here that's about birthdays. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to read that. Um. So my kids went back to school today. And oh, how was that? It went really well. They were both really excited. You know, it was the first day. So they were happy to get up and get ready. And, uh, you know, I got so much shit done. As soon as I dropped, I had to go to the post office three different times today to drop oh my off. God. Do they hate you? No, they were really, really nice. They're so sweet up there. They're actually like. This is why I love this post office is because every time I come in, I'm like, I'm sorry, I've got to my boxes. They're always like, you're keeping us in business. They're like, bring more boxes. Like they legitimately are like, bring more in. You're fine. Keep bringing them in. I mean, I had to make like, they were really great. Like they helped me with the cart and the boxes and everything. And like, you know, trying to wait on people in line and trying to help me too at the same time. It was really, really nice. But I had to load my car up twice. 
because even my SUV with like all the seats down, I couldn't get all the boxes oh in there. Oh my God. There, there were so many. Maybe we should preference in case they just jumped in what the boxes are. Oh yeah. So we had our summer book box. You know, we, we worked all summer and finally got it together and we finally had it up. And we were super excited, but we did not, this is the first time we'd ever done this. So we had no scope of what this could do. We weren't sure if it would sell out. We weren't sure if anybody would buy these boxes. We were a little bit worried because we put some pricey items in there. So it made yeah. the boxes pricey, Yeah, which I'm sure yeah. we can share now since the boxes are sold they out. They were $69. Yeah. And that price was purposeful. <laughs> we're like, you know what would be funny? They were $69. So, yeah, but it was free shipping on it, too. So, that helped out a little bit. There's a know, giant towel inside. Like, giant. Yeah. I mean, we, like, I don't even know if we broke even on this ball, on these boxes. By the time shipping and everything was done, you know, because, but, it like, I think we talked about it before. It's a fan service. You know, it was one of those things where it was, like, this box was heavily branded. So, everything in it had Read Me Romance on it. So, if you were a Read Me Romance listener... You would have loved this box, but it's not like a bookish, like the, the company, the bookish box. It's not like them where there's different things that are in it. There might just be like a, a coffee mug that says, I love reading or whatever. You yeah. know, it's not like just random bookish items. This was just the read me room. Everything yeah. had read me wrong. The huge towel to the books uh -huh. even came together to say read me romance on mm -hmm. them when you put them together. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, wireless. Uh, yeah yeah mm -hmm. stuff like that yeah so it was you know the ton the, there was like a cup a there was a pop socket a tote bag God, the, there was two books wireless ear pods uh the towel shit i've never seen a towel that big it was, it was fucking huge it's a I towel know. that you would use for like to sit on at the beach and the whole family could sit on it yeah it was gigantic i don't know how it fit in that fucking box i'll be honest <laughs> But they sold out in about three hours. <laughs> so, yeah. and we were shocked. Like we were getting the emails because all the confirmation emails were coming in. And I was like, holy fuck, we've sold 20. Oh my God, we sold 50. Oh my God. Like it just kept going and going and going. And we were like, we're going to sell out. Oh shit. We're going to fuck. We're going to sell. God damn it. We told everybody it would be here all day. Like we just were not prepared at all for how fast it would go. No. But that also made us so, so thankful and excited because we're just like, it's, it's just so amazing sometimes to sit back and think about, you know, our incredible listeners. And how like, we never ever are. actually believe anybody's listening. No, <laughs> no. no <laughs> We, we really don't. We're just like, nobody's going to listen to this. Nobody's going to buy these boxes. Like, nobody's going to want this shit. We're never and convinced somebody's going to show up at our table. We're I never know. convinced anything's going to buy. Every book signing we've ever been to, we're like, what if nobody comes? Like, we're, this is such a huge fear that you're going to sit at this table and nobody's going to show up. We have but imposter you guys, syndrome. Like, exactly. You guys fucking showed up. So mm -hmm. that was awesome. Like, it was such a great experience. We're definitely going to do it again. So if you didn't see it, the post on it, um, sign up for the newsletter because we will email out the next books bo book box when it's coming, all that good stuff. We'll email it to you. So make sure you sign because our newsletter people are going to get it first. They actually they always get it first. So the newsletter people actually got a jump on buying the book box by like an by like an hour, I think. Yeah. By the time all the emails went out and we finally got that, we finally were able to post it on social media when we put it up. 
like it was like an hour after we put it up, it was gone. Yeah. So the yeah, newsletters, and I know I say it all the time, is kind of how we support the podcast. Yeah. So everything, if you're signed up for that, they get jump on everything. Yeah. So it's like if there's free books, if there's giveaway, if there's sales, like it's all going to go through there first. So make sure you sign up and you don't miss it next time. I mean, we, like I said, we were not prepared at all for the amount of interest that this would create. And, you know, we'll definitely, you know, do things differently now that we have experience with this and we know what to expect. So hopefully next time I got a ton of questions about international shipping. And here's the thing. I... I understand. And if I was outside the country, I'd be so fucking frustrated because nothing's ever international. But we are still trying to figure out the cheapest way to ship these so that we don't charge shipping. Because on these, it was, the shipping was free on these. But this was, it was probably like 30% of our budget was shipping. Yeah. It's so like, expensive to ship them even here in the States. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And then to ship them out doing, of the States is like all this paperwork. Oh and God. then it's like four times the price. It's like, let's say if a box to, sh if there's a, cause I'm on the East coast, I'm as far East as you can get, you know, and if I'm shipping as far West as California, it's going to be like 15 bucks for, for a lightweight box. If I have to ship it, let's say to London, that's going to be $30. So, you know, and it's like, it's not even going as far. It's plus just customs, overseas. paperwork. Yeah. Plus all that paperwork and shit that goes with it. So we don't have a way to access international shipping yet. So we are still trying to figure that out. For those of you that missed out on the book box, we have, I think we have a couple that we held back for giveaways and the paperbacks are inside. We got extras of those so that we could do giveaways for just the paperback books. We will not be selling them because we didn't want to take away money from the authors who have these stories in the books because it's 10 authors in two books. And some of these authors have those books for sale on websites already. So if we were to sell their stories in this bundle, they it might take away from their sales individually. And we didn't want to like have to worry about breaking this down and all that stuff. So they're not for sale anywhere. We're just doing this, like I said, as a fan service. So we'll do lots of giveaways with them. If we ever do a book signing again, we'll bring some with us. So, you know, that good thing. But um, so don't despair. And like I said, just sign up for the newsletter. You'll get sign up the newsletter and I'll do one this week on Friday, a giveaway in the newsletter for oh, some paperbacks. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, Let's talk about Matilda Martell. Let's now do that we're it. here. Yeah. She has a ton um, of books that piqued my interest. Speaking like, of books. Like when I went right on her side, the first thing it said, if you love dark romance, this isn't the place for you. And I'm like, well, I'm here. I belong. <laughs> you're like, so I've come to the right place is what you're saying. <laughs> I know. I'm going to read her author bio because it says it on there and it killed me. Author bio. Matilda is a Texas girl in love with a Philly boy who loves to write dirty books about two people who trip into love and fumble their way into a filthy, funny, happily ever after. I live in Austin with my husband, two crazy chihuahuas, and an even crazier cat. And I spend most of my day writing dirty romance books about older men who fall in love with younger women and make fools of themselves trying to win their heart. If you love dark romance, you've come to the wrong place. I don't like dark heroes. I like my heroes to be successful, sweet, suave, sophisticated, and kind. And then I want him to lose all his composure and game when he meets the heroine. I want him to turn into a bumbling idiot 
when he spots the girl of his dreams and revert to a teenage boy in a man's body trying to win her. I like my heroines to be witty, intelligent, and unshakable, who could do just as well without a man until the hero convinces her otherwise. I write a lot of age gap because I love an age gap romance. <laughs> I've got no other excuse for it. No matter what kind of story it is, my ladies are adored and my endings are always happily ever after, not happily for now. Want a free book? Join my mailing list to get my monthly newsletter. It's matildamartell.com slash newsletter, which I love all of that. I do all of that sounds amazing. I'll put that link so, in the show notes too so you guys can grab that free ebook. Yes. Um, and I'm going to read you the book by for the one you're about to listen to. It's called Blindsided. Event coordinator Gemma, da Gemma Davenport is in the business of love, literally. She loves her job and she's good at it. Still, Gemma has never had the opportunity to try love out for herself. There's only one man who's tempted her enough to consider it and he's a jerk. The sexiest jerk she's ever met. So why does her body come alive when she walks into a blind date to find him? Fergus Digby hates incompetence. He is meticulous and runs his company with an iron fist. Fergus is used to getting what he wants, and he wants Gemma Davenport. Since she turned down his advances, not once, but twice, he can't stop thinking about her, fantasizing about having her in his bed. When Fergus finally gets Gemma alone, the sparks between them grow into fireworks. Can they look past the reason they shouldn't be together and embrace this once-in-a-lifetime passion they've ignited? Or will their relationship go up in flames before it's really begun? I'm super excited. So let's sit into the first installment and we'll see you guys on the other side. This is Blindsided. Love is Blind. Steamy Shorts 1 by Matilda Martell. Read for you by Joshua McRae. Chapter 1 Fergus. Move my 5 o'clock appointment to 10 tomorrow morning and move my 10.30 to noon. If I don't finish this project before the end of the month, my August will resemble last November. That was a fucking nightmare. I glance at the grandfather clock at the far end of my office and confirm the time with my watch. Hand it off to one of the managers. That's why you hired them. Riley, my executive assistant, hands me a printed email with my evening's itinerary. I scan the contents and make note of my date's name. Amelia Crawford. No one ever completes the work to my satisfaction. They take shortcuts, and I abhor anyone who can't commit 110% to the job. I snap, then search my desk for my keys. I hate these blind dates. If I hadn't paid Lana Howard, or Lana Fitzgerald, whatever she calls herself these days, a small fortune, I would have bailed months ago. If I could only get her out of my mind, then I could find someone on my own. No desire equals no will. But I'm not getting any younger. Maybe this time will be different. It's about time the odds turn in my favor. Who am I kidding? This will be no different than all the rest. An absolute disaster. Riley clears her throat and breaks me out of my daze. Sir. <sighs> Sorry. I'm on my way to meet a lady. It's another one of these infernal matches. Wish me all the luck you can spare. I peel my suit jacket off the hook and set the alarm on my phone. I agreed to meet this woman at 7 o'clock. 
but I like to arrive early enough to watch her enter the room. A woman's confidence is written in her gait. If she slouches, walks horribly in heels, or threads her fingers through her hair more than once, I take it as a bad sign. Plus, it's an easy excuse to end things before they start. I don't know why I try. I know who I want. These days, it's all I can think about. But she's steered me off course long enough. It's useless waiting around for someone who can't stand the sight of me. Good luck, sir. Just be yourself. But engaging. Talk slow and act like you've known her for years. Think of it as catching up with an old friend. It takes the edge off. She gives me a patronizing thumbs up and holds the door. I didn't ask for her dating advice, but I'll cut her some slack since I depend on her assistance. Thanks, Riley. Don't forget to add the change of schedule to my calendar and tell the executive team to come in an hour early. I throw my keys in my pocket, reach for my case, and head out the door. Right this way, sir. I follow the bubbly hostess into the dining room, self-conscious about the tie I'm wearing and vaguely aware that my heavy steps are drawing attention from other diners. This is painful and a useless exercise in futility. I won't like her. I already know she's not the one for me. The server approaches as soon as I sit and brings me the wine menu. I pretend to look it over before handing it back. I'll have a glass of single malt whiskey. Three fingers with two ice cubes. Thank you. He scurries away and heads toward the bar. My eyes scan the room in search of any woman headed my way. Lana provided a photo, but I hardly took a second glance. She's a redhead with dark eyes. That's a pleasant combination, but her level of attractiveness is secondary to the spark. The spark I'm supposed to feel when I see the right woman. I felt it once, and I fear I'll never feel it again. My father swore by it. He often said, Don't settle until you feel like someone has hooked you up to a car battery and stepped on the gas. That's serious stuff, and I'm not in the habit of dismissing my father's advice. Listening to him got me to where I am today. The first time I laid eyes on Gemma Davenport... I felt my heart jolt from my body. I couldn't catch my breath and stared speechless at the woman I was certain would change my world. I thought she had felt something too, but I couldn't have been more wrong. Why did I give up so easily? And why am I talking to myself? I lift my wrist and pull back my cuff. It's almost seven. No one ever arrives on time but I've already waited 41 years for the right woman to come along. A few extra minutes never hurts. Besides, her delay gives me time to review Lana's pointers on conversation. I feigned offense when she offered them, then discreetly memorized each one. I thought they'd help me with Gemma, but she wanted nothing to do with me. The server arrives with my whiskey just in time to catch me thumbing through a small stack of three-by-five index cards. I can tell by his stunned expression he wants to laugh at my expense, but there's no shame in being prepared.
I prepare for everything. There's a 50% chance this may progress to a second date. And after that, the possibilities are endless. If my weather app predicts a 20% chance of rain, I grab my umbrella before leaving home. I'd like to believe this is more important. I lift the glass to my lips and take a slow sip of expensive whiskey. Over the crystal rim, my eyes glimpse a beautiful woman stroll into the dining room. I squint to focus my vision, and my heart aches with the pain of unrequited love. Why is she here? Is she meeting another man? Gemma Davenport the girl of my dreams floats in between tables in a frilly red dress that brings out the flush on her cheeks. The sash at her waist accentuates the curve of her hips, and the long raven hair floating off her shoulders shields the curve of each breast. I don't need to see them. I memorized them long ago. My gaze drifts to the steep angle of her heart-shaped face, and I catch sight of those pale cornflower blue eyes. The same ones I see night after night, every time I close my eyes. She follows the hostess toward my table, but I push that wish out of my mind and look over my shoulder. What lucky bastard won her heart? Where is he? So I can memorize his face, learn his name, and ruin his life. He doesn't deserve someone this magnificent. Neither do I. I'm a fortunate man, but I'm aware of my limitations. Fergus? My goddess approaches with a tremulous voice. My heart skips a beat, then two more. In what world, on what divine plane of consciousness could fate deal me this hand? And how did Lana know my heart so well? I jump to my feet in time to pull out her chair. You're not Amelia Crawford. I avert my gaze, embarrassed that I appear overly eager to reconnect. Are you sure you're at the right table? Strangled words push through my clenched throat as my hungry eyes devour every inch of this glorious woman. Once again, this is so much greater than a spark. With one look, she ignited a bomb. Only ashes remain. The scent of her perfume makes my brain buzz, jumping from thought to thought as I slip across the table and reclaim my seat. She's here for me. After 25 years of useless dating and bewilderment with the opposite sex, I know I found the one. There's no doubt in my mind. Forgive me, I know you expected Amelia, but Lana Fitzgerald sent me instead. Amelia is stuck in Paris, and Lana didn't want to upset your routine by cancelling. She said she'd send you an email to confirm. Her voice drops to a whisper when the server approaches with our menus. She may have, but I haven't checked it for hours. I take a sip of whiskey and fight to read her expression. She doesn't look angry, but she's not thrilled to be here. I can work with this. Fate dealt her cards and, for some reason, gave me another chance to woo her socks off. 
I won't let this second chance go to waste. I'm sorry. Her bright eyes dim. This must be uncomfortable for you. You're expecting someone glamorous like Amelia, and you're stuck with me. Maybe I should go. She reaches behind her chair and slings her tiny purse over her shoulder. I've seen this before. A convenient escape brought on by an emergency text or sudden illness. She's here against her will. And under normal circumstances, I'd play along, grateful for the opportunity to eat in peace. But not this time. No matter how she got here, she's here. And I'm all fucking in. Sit down, I rasp. I've never met Amelia Crawford. Right now, I have no interest in doing so in the future. Let me feed you for your troubles. And while we wait for the food, tell me your life story. Chapter 2 Gemma I love love. Let me amend that. I love watching other people fall in love. I've never been in love. Can you believe that? 22 and I've never felt the earth move under my feet. Is that what it feels like? Doesn't matter. My declaration is not a petition for pity. I'm more than okay waiting for the perfect guy to come along. And if he doesn't, I'll be just fine. I've got a five-year plan and no room in my life for romance. I graduated early and spent one year under the tutelage of Hazel Evers, the queen of Manhattan's wedding planners. After that, I broke away and started Bride's Best Friend, my very own event planning company. It's just getting off the ground, but two months ago we were featured in The Knot, and that put me on the map. Business is booming. Soon, I'll have enough in my budget to move into an office and hire a second planner to help my assistant with all the heavy lifting. It's a big dream, but some dreams come true. Deep in my heart, I know mine will too. Love will come when it comes. And unlike my mom, I won't let a man shrink the size of my ambition. She could have been district attorney if dad hadn't demanded she spend more time with him. And how did he reward her? Days before her 40th birthday, he left her for a woman who eventually became city manager of New York. Unbelievable. That won't be me. I've got both feet on the ground and my eyes fixed on the horizon. Gemma Davenport will take Manhattan by storm. So, why is a woman who's sworn off love having dinner with Fergus Digby, the man I love to hate? Good question. Why am I playing with fire and spending time with the only man who gives me butterflies and makes my sex clench whenever he walks in a room? This is business. When the most popular matchmaker in town, a woman who recently placed me at the top of her Rolodex for referrals, pleads for a favor, I do it. No questions asked. Fergus paid a small fortune, and she hasn't delivered anyone who managed to coax him into a second date. He's growing weary of her poor selections, and she fears a cancellation would send him into the arms of her biggest competitor. How could I say no? 
I need her business. And I need to prove to myself that these abnormal feelings for a man who can't stop pissing me off are nothing but a waste of time. I don't think I can add anything else. We've covered my childhood, my parents' divorce, the awkward high school years, my graduation from college and my new company. I search my mind, scanning every nook and cranny to see if I've left anything out. That's about all I can divulge to a man I hardly know. Fergus frowns and leans forward, clutching tightly to his glass of whiskey. You're practically giving me your resume. His voice reeks of exasperation, but instead of turning me off, my nipples pebble into painful peaks. I want to know about all the stuff that matters most. Have you ever been in love? What was it like? Did he bring you flowers? Do you like flowers? His eyes focus on my mouth. It's the third time he's done it, and I'm beginning to wonder if I've got food in my teeth. It doesn't feel salacious. I'm not sure this grump is capable of nasty man thoughts. Unless he's hiding something up his sleeve. Is there another side to Fergus Digby? He's hot as sin. His jade green eyes, fringed with lashes no man should have, pull you in like high-powered magnets. The full curve of his lips when he smiles is partly responsible for the Bernays sauce I spilled on my new dress. I can tell by those broad shoulders, the tight fit on the sleeves of his overcoat and the veins bulging out from his sinewy hands that he spends the better part of his week at the gym. And yet, as much as I think he'd be the cream in any woman's coffee, he's too tightly wound, too rude and grumpy to be sexy. Twice I've placed a bid to plan one of his company's events, and twice I've been turned down. Digby Financial Services needs someone more experienced. And yet he turned around and gave the job to Sandra Martin, a woman I trained. Maybe her boobs were bigger, and her perpetual fuck-me grin gets him off. But I assumed he was dealing with a professional. This is ridiculous. I need to stop rehashing, and remember I'm a placeholder. The opening act before the main event, Amelia Crawford. I can't compete with a supermodel, and I don't want to try. Bride's best friend comes first. Romance can wait. I slide my hand along the table and reach for my goblet of wine. Yes, I love pink peonies. And no, I've never been in love. Have you? I turn the tables and glare at his ridiculously gorgeous face, fixated on his square chin and perfectly trimmed beard. He's infuriating. Me what? Do I like flowers? He stutters, baffled by my question. When was the last time you were in love? I mumble with regret, having asked a question I don't want answered. He may be socially inept, ornery and strange, but he's panty-melting handsome. I'm not sure I want to hear about his many dalliances. His green eyes flicker wide. I've caught him off guard. 
He stammers something inaudible while his thick fingers unfasten the gray silk wrapped around his stubbled neck. He parts his lips to speak and takes a swig of whiskey, swallowing down words he doesn't want to speak. With his tie undone, I glimpse his oversized Adam's apple bob up and down and instinctively clench my thighs. I've never given that feature a second thought, but the arousal soaking my thong doesn't lie. Thank goodness this brand comes with an extra absorbent cotton patch in the middle. He parts his lips, seals them, then clears his throat. Why haven't you ever fallen in love? You're a beautiful girl. Surely half of Manhattan has thrown themselves at you. My cheeks heat, then slowly catch fire under his penetrating gaze. I look over my shoulder, willing the waiter to return and save me from this awkward conversation. But he doesn't oblige. One look at my frightened expression and he pivots toward the bar. When the silence becomes too agonizing to ignore, I change directions and appeal to his vanity. I asked you first. You're a handsome man. Surely it's happened more than once. But I understand if you don't want to discuss your many heartbreaks. I'll respect your privacy. A tiny line forms on his tense brow. Do you really think I'm handsome? Are you just saying that to be kind? I tried asking you out at the Peterman wedding, and then again at the Horowitz bat mitzvah. Both times you turned me down before I could finish my sentence. This has gone off the rails, and I've endured just about enough of his nonsense. I came here as a favor, nothing more. And he knows damn well why I turned him down. Too flustered to think straight, I lifted my gaze to let him have it and make a detrimental mistake. Striking green orbs, pupils dilated, wide with wonder, stare into my soul and lasso my heart. What have I done? My shoulders slump and I swallow the saliva flooding my mouth. You must know you're good looking. You obviously take care of your appearance. I strip away any emotion and try to remain calm. But I don't know why you'd want to go out with someone you deemed unfit to work with. His gaze narrows. I beg your pardon. You know what I'm talking about. Feigning ignorance won't work. I cross my arms at my chest and avert my eyes. I know it's childish and petulant, but I've got no experience, and I'm way in over my head. The traitorous waiter finally returns, clutching a pair of tiny menus. Would you like dessert? We've got nine delicious. Fergus lifts his hands to silence him, then locks his eyes on me. Let's skip dessert and take a drive. We need to talk. No, we don't. Yes, we do. There's a place a few blocks south that sells the best cupcakes in the city. His deep, silvery voice slivers up my leg and makes my sex pulse with need. Rage sets in. Rage and dirty thoughts. Cupcakes at this hour. 
I lift my wrist to examine the time. Then I remember I left my boyish watch at home. This night needs to end. I'm not sure what game he's playing, but I'm done. Every minute I remain in his presence feels like an eternity. A nasty eternity with king-size beds, naughty girl spankings, and eating whipped cream off his rock-hard abs. Oh, crap, what am I saying? We'll work it off. Grab your purse. I'm in the mood for something sweet. I cross my legs and twist the napkin in my lap, but the friction only amplifies the ache between my thighs. How the hell did this horrible man just dial my number? Chapter 3 Fergus That's so fucking sweet, I grumble, savoring the frosting I have just wiped off the side of her mouth. I think yours may be sweeter than mine. My eyes flash to hers, and I catch a sparkle of mischief. The blush on her cheeks makes me want to throw our cupcakes on the sidewalk drag her up the stoop and sink my mouth into the sweetest thing she's got. She swirls a fingertip on the rim of my s'mores cupcake and slides her finger through her plump lips. When she hums with satisfaction, I feel my cock dig into the steel blades of my zipper. Ah, uh, where was I? Focus, moron. You mentioned something about an employee named Warren. She mumbles as she chews. When a few wayward crumbs fall on her chin, I eagerly brush them off, restless for the chance to touch her. Yes, the idiot. Thank you. I snap my fingers and return to my thought. I promise he's in charge of coordinating with vent planners. The last two went so poorly I had my assistant investigate his decision. Turned out he was using a planner he had dated and later dumped. She took her wrath out on our party. You were on my list to go for our next event. You don't have to say that. Her cheeks pink, and I stop to admire the way she sinks her teeth into her strawberry cupcake. Beads of pre-cum douse the inner lining of my pants. I need to kiss her. It's been so long since I have kissed anyone. I hope I haven't forgotten how to do it. You mentioned your five-year plan. But what happens after that? My heart beats like a drum in my chest. She gives me a half shrug. I haven't thought that far. What will be, will be. When I meet the right man, things might change. You've met the right man. He's right in front of you. I take her hand and hold it over my racing heart. This is the woman I've waited for all my life, and pride has no place here. You, as in you and me, I don't think you mean that. We hardly know one another. We've met a handful of times and exchanged little more than fake pleasantries. Her high-pitched chirp turns into a squeak, and her sweeping lashes flutter a mile a minute. She blinks so many times she looks like she's having a seizure. Why not you and me? We're on a date, and I think we're having a lovely time. It's only logical to assume another date will follow, and another and another. 
I cock my head and close the short distance between us. She startles and takes one step back. Have I done something else to turn you off? If I have, please forgive me. I'm aware of my reputation, and I deserve most of it. But tonight is different. It is. She takes another step back, cornered between me and her front door, like a trapped rabbit begging for mercy from the big bad wolf. You won't get any from me, sweetheart. I yank her to me, slamming her perky tits against my chest. They're just the right size, big enough to play with, but small enough to fit in my hands. I'll test that theory later. I'm not being contrary, Gemma. You make me nervous and crazy. I've had a hard-on ever since you walked into that dining room, and there's not enough blood in my brain to give you the charm and wit you deserve. My cupcake. I look to the welcome mat under our feet and spot her half-eaten cupcake face down over the W. She sighs, then brings her grief-stricken eyes back to me. Her juicy bottom lip swells to a bout, and before I have time to think or talk myself out of it, I dive into her mouth, crushing her lips to mine and getting my first taste of the last woman I want to kiss. I press my hand into the small of her back, cradling her firmly in place, and prepared for a good shove. It doesn't come. She doesn't push me away or try to wriggle free. Her hands snake around my neck, and her lips press forth, giving as good as she gets. I can't believe she's kissing me back. Do you want to go inside? I groan between kisses, unwilling to break the seal or give her time to consider her actions. We've just met, but I know she feels a spark between us. It's undeniable and palpable, like the warm, sweet scent of burnt sugar from the bakery we just visited. Gemma feels better, tastes better than anything I've ever had. And I need more. I need to know she'll give us a chance. She hums into my lips, then hands me her keys. Just for a few minutes, okay? I nod and fumble with the knob, still unwilling to unseal my lips from hers. Our tongues mingle, tasting, licking, devouring with such frenzied greed when the door swings open. It nearly takes us with it. Where's your couch? I dig my fingers into the supple curves of her voluptuous ass and lift her onto my hips. Safe in the privacy of her foyer, I scramble to find a place to set her down. Anything that gives me room to lift this dress, spread her legs over my shoulders, and bury my mouth between her thighs. There must be something here I can use. She keeps kissing me, eyes shut tight and lost to our lust, until I spot a dining room table that looks promising and bolt across the room. I ease her onto the polished wood and slide my hands beneath her dress, gripping her thighs and cracking them open. When I reach for her panties, my impatience snaps her out of her daze. Wait a minute. Her eyes flare like a deer caught in the headlights of oncoming traffic. I can't have sex, Fergus. Not like this. Not for my first time. Her voice trails off, and my hands fly off the hem.
first time. Do you mean... She cuts me off before I can finish. Don't look at me like that. I'm not a child. I believe in love. And if you want to make love your first time around, you need to fall in love. But love and I don't get along. She shimmies her behind toward me and tries to jump off the table. I don't allow it. Like her, I've run from relationships because something went wrong or the timing was off. I convinced myself if the real one came along, I'd pull out all the goddamn stops. And that's precisely what I'm going to do. Better late than never. Not so fast. I catch her knees and spread her thighs with my torso. I respect your desire to wait. But there are other things we can do. She's on the fence. I can feel her hesitation. Something is holding her back. And for the first time, I'm not sure it has anything to do with me. My sweet girl needs convincing. And more importantly, I need to taste this pussy. I never claimed to be a selfless person. Other things? Her ears perk. Other things. I nod, drop to my knees and slide her panties down her legs. Her chest heaves, falling up and down with each labored breath. Her eyes meet mine, and she offers an almost imperceptible nod. That's all I need. Has anyone ever done this to you before? I trail my mouth along her trembling inner thigh and inhale the scent of her sacks. My stomach grumbles with hunger. This is better than the freshest prime rib in New York, and I have a hunch it's far juicier. No, she stammers, eyes wide and fixed on me. Good girl. Her confession thrills me. I've never cared about virginity. But something about being the one and only, because I'll be damned if anyone comes after me, to touch this divine woman, sends a fucking chill down my spine and straight into my balls. The words have only exited my mouth when I fling her legs over my shoulders and seal my lips to her drenched folds. She startles with the first sensation clamping her thighs against my ears until one flick of her clit forces her to let go. Her body slacks, and at long last, she gives me room to love her. Without further delay, I grind my face into her wet sacks, licking, feasting on the hot honey that sticks to my beard. My tongue finds her clit, and I lap recklessly polishing it until it shines. I'm too overcome with adrenaline and lust to be gentle, and too fucking hard to think straight. Fergus, she burrs, moaning as she threads her fingers through my coarse hair. The sound of her voice speaking my name fills me with a sense of deja vu. She's the one. I know it like I know my name, and no matter what, I won't let this end here. Come for me, Jim. Do it for Daddy. Let me hear you scream. The words fall from my lips without a thought, 
She's half my age and a virgin. I feel like a fiend. And instead of recoiling and changing my ways, I sink deeper. I embrace it. I'm so close. She twists her fingers and smashes my face into her crotch. The sweet taste of her virgin pussy, dousing my face, mouth, and tongue with arousal, sends me flying over the edge. I stab into her quivering channel, mining for the most mouth-watering meal I've ever had. She tenses, whimpering as if the first wave of ecstasy claims her thrashing body. I stab harder, fucking her with my tongue before I resume my strategic attack on her clit. Oh my god. She freezes, stunned by the friction my rabid tongue creates, then awakens on the other side of bliss. No, no, no. Oh, fuck yes. I keep suckling through her climax, offering no mercy, and quite frankly, she doesn't ask for it. One more. I lift my face and stare at her from between her legs. She nods. But what will it cost me? Everything, baby. Chapter 4 Gemma You really botched this up, didn't you? Lana Fitzgerald barges into my apartment, rumbling with piss and profanity. The mornings before wedding weekends are the only day I allow myself to sleep late and relax. Five minutes before 7 a.m., and my day is shot. Botched? I don't know what you're talking about. I tighten the silk sash on my robe and rummage through my pantry for something to eat. I tap the start button on my oven and place a stick of day-old bread on a cookie sheet. My eyes focus on the thick baguette, and memories of Fergus come flooding back. We didn't have sex. He stayed true to his word and left after he made me come no less than three times. Before he made his exit, he allowed me to peek at the equipment he plans to use to pop my cherry. I wish I could say he offended me, but the tingles tightening in my belly tell me his nasty words had the effect he intended. I can't believe I called him daddy and liked it. It got me so hot. I spent half the night awake, restless with need and eager to say it again. I gave you one task, ma'am. Lana flings open my freezer and removes one of the cold compresses I keep for after wetting swollen feet. She places the ice pack on top of her belly and continues her rant. Fergus left me a message late last night. He said he no longer needs my services. He's found the one. What the hell did you do? I watch her pace, one hand on her lower back and the other clinging tightly to the ice pack smashed under her boobs. Confusion sets in. What are you doing? She squints, annoyed by my question. My due date is six weeks from now, and this girl is still positioned legs down. I read chilling her head helps her get in position. I can't do this at home because Liam hates my impatience. Aren't there positions you can do, I ask, clueless of motherhood and angling to change the subject. There are, but no, 
I see what you're trying to do. What happened last night? I spent an hour on a call with Amelia Crawford and encouraged her to come home early. By the time I was done, she canceled meetings and booked a flight home next week. Do you enjoy leaving me with egg on my face? Waddling into the living room, she lifts the calm breast to her sweaty forehead and plops down into the cushions. This isn't my fault. He blindsided me. That voice, those eyes, his smile, all worked in tandem to lower my defenses. Besides, what did you expect? I stomp into the living room and slide to the carpet. You serve me up on a silver platter, and then act surprised when Fergus wants a taste of... I clip my words, fearing I've given too much away. But it's too late. Are you serious? Only yesterday you said you hated him. You swore a relationship was the last thing on your mind. Hours later, you get down and dirty with Fergus Digby? A man anxious to start a family. Her disapproving tone shames me. Family? No, we had one date. My voice jumps an octave, then trails off with panic. And we didn't get down and dirty. He just went downtown. I state matter-of-factly. It's harmless. Downtown. I thought you were a virgin. She quirks a judgmental eyebrow. Virgins have needs too, Lana. Fergus and I had dinner, exchanged life stories, grabbed cupcakes, and drove home. Can I help it if he wanted to show me a good time? I hiss, put off that my newfound sexuality would come into question. Look, I'm too pregnant to argue. Just do me a favor. She rolls on her side and squirms off the couch. Another one. I'm at my limit for favors this week. Well, this time, get it right. Promise me you won't see Fergus again. As much as I'd love for you to fall in love and find your perfect match, I don't think Fergus is your guy. You have almost 20 years between you. I know you're not looking for a husband. You're just curious and want to ride the Fergus Express. Amelia is ready for that part of her life to begin. She's had enough of life on the road. She comes toward the door and grabs her purse. I shouldn't be angry. Everything Lana said makes sense. Fergus is the first guy in a long line of guys to surely come along before I'm ready to take the plunge into matrimony. Love doesn't happen overnight. My raging hormones have tricked me into believing in love at first sight. But I know better. My career comes first. And I can't let a pair of green eyes and a hefty cock derail my plans. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings. I'm just worried you'll break his heart and plunge him into a pit of despair. And you'll do it with such cheerful panache he'll carry a torch for years. Don't concern yourself with me. Amelia can have him. I'll see you at the rehearsal. Rubbing the fresh wound in my heart, I grab my phone off the nightstand and stab Fergus's number into the screen. I can't make it tonight. I'm in the middle of my busy season and don't have time for casual dating. Take care of yourself. And thanks for dinner. Jem. It's for the best. I wipe the lone tear streaming down my cheek and say it out loud. It's for the best. 
Savage Air, a Bratva Bully Romance by Jagger Cole. Bratva Prince, Beautiful Monster, Irresistible Villain. Our introduction was a warning, our first meeting a threat. They call him the Wolf, Savage Heir to the most brutal crime family in the world, a tattooed green-eyed devil, a seductive psychopath who trades in mind games and leads a path of destruction in his wake. To know Ilya Volkov is to fear him, to defy him, lethal. Except I didn't get that memo, as the new student outcast at the ultra-exclusive Oxford Hills Academy, where the offspring and heirs of the world's most elite churn like a viper's nest, I spat in the dark prince's face. Now he wants to break me. My plan involves a prestigious university, law school, and a golden future. Ilya's involves grinding me under his heel until I bend to his will. The harder I fight him, the deeper his claws sink. The more I tell myself I hate him, the harder it is to resist him. There's a wolf howling at my door, huffing, puffing, and ready to blow my entire world down. And pretty soon, he might just devour me whole. This extra angsty, extra raw, brought bully romance is guaranteed to leave your Kindle steaming. Absolutely no cheating, no cliffhanger, and a perfect happily ever after. That's Savage Air, a brought bully romance by Jagger Cole. Grab it now. Welcome back. Hi. Okay, so I don't know what... I had to turn my light on. It was like my eyes are killing me because it's so dark in here. I was looking to see. I don't have anything listed that Matilda's got new. I forgot to email her before we started recording. <laughs> so everything that she is going to send me will post in the show notes. So you'll have it down below. All her stuff on her new releases and all the links and good stuff. So in her giveaway information. So we'll just stick that down below. All right. I okay. think that's it. So Join us on Thursday for the second half of Blindside. All right. Tell them what to do. Fuck your day up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a dick. Bye, guys. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read.